Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Everybody, so glad you could share your time with us this evening. I want to thank Ken Quiet Hawk for his amazing intro. You can find him and his wife Deb on the internet. Just Google Native Storytellers or Ken Quiet Hawk. You'll find their material. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's informative. It's enlightening, and uh, it's it helps to teach you another way of preserving history that has been used for generations before the written word. Tonight I've got a great guest with me. I have Monique Rebell in here with me, and I, I think you're going to find her story and her book, um, Transcendence Calling the Power of Kundalini Rising and Spiritual Enlightenment, fascinating. After years of struggle, she was on the verge of suicide. That's when she experienced a miracle that stopped her from ending her life and marked the beginning of a new happy life. In Transcendence Calling, Monique takes us through some of the key events from her childhood and youth. The months before the experience then describes the transformational Kundalini rising process and introduces a new, relevatory take on the chakras, Kundalini rising energy and spiritual enlightenment. Information about this phenomenon, rare but known for millennia, and in-depth explanation about it is written in an accessible language that releases everyone, that relates to everyone directly. The capacity of our consciousness is far greater than what we are accustomed to using, and the potential for full, for full whew, regeneration and happiness lives within us. Transcendence calling gives you the tools you need to engage in practices that will lead you to the realization of an amazingly powerful and beautiful existence. She was born in Warsaw, Poland, to a family of actors. She left Poland on her own as a teenager, beginning her starving artist existence in London, then moving to Amsterdam. For about a year, she also lived and worked in Paris. Her paintings from those years were done in a neo-expressionist style. She participated in numerous art shows in the Netherlands, and one of her paintings was purchased by the Royal Dutch Collection. 
After moving to the United States and settling in Los Angeles, an epiphany experience in, 19, in 1988 made her art shift to a new, non-objective direction. In 1992, she experienced an even more profound, life-changing occurrence. Her recent book, Transcendence Calling, describes that experience and its results. She's an amazing lady with a profound story to share with all of us, and I think you would find the book phenomenal, spiritually insightful, and uh, something to challenge you to move into new directions. So, Monique, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this wonderful introduction. I'm very excited to be on your show. Oh, well, I'm delighted to have you. I think that I think one of the purposes of our show is to put material out there to give people tools to to continue their spiritual journeys in the direction or the level or in the way that that is appropriate for them. And that's what your book does, and I think it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the the term kundalini rising, um, people hear it all the time, but they aren't really sure, I'm pretty sure, exactly what it means. You want to give us a, a, a short explanation as to what the kundalini is and what the kundalini rising energy um, can do to one? Yes, of course, sure. So when I had my experience, I didn't know anything about, uh, I didn't know the word kundalini. I didn't know about kundalini rising. Someone uh, told me sometime before about chakras and I didn't believe in them. So um, only after I had my experience. I did some research. It was still before uh, computer age. So I did my research in libraries and purchasing some books. Not too many, but overall, I got an, uh, a good understanding of what, uh, what it was considered to be the subtle body um, and the whole structure of it, Kundalini energy and uh, chakras. Um, and also there is uh, another element. It's a very basic description, but another element is a, a channel called Shushumna, which allows for the energy of Kundalini, which is resting at the bottom of the spine, to rise up and break through uh, chakras, uh, which are considered knots or energy centers or energy vortexes. And uh, while the Kundalini energy is going up, um, it uh, clears up all those, all the chakras, and it exits through the top of our head, through the crown chakra. So this is the basic... Uh, uh, description of how this process takes place, but what it is really about, I uh, will talk from my own experience, and that's what I'm doing. I only talk from my own experience, and and um, I don't have a lot of, uh, um, I don't I don't gather a lot of information about uh, about 
that whole that whole uh, spectrum of knowledge. There is a lot of knowledge about it. What I know is that, in my view, Kundalini is our consciousness, our individual unit of consciousness. This is what I call it. So, what you are, your you are your consciousness, and that. That word kundalini comes from Sanskrit because for thousands of years, probably at least going back 5,000 years before Christ era, um, people have been experiencing that, uh, that incredible phenomena. And... Um, it means, Kundalini means coiled up. It could, it could also mean fire, I read somewhere, uh, which also works well for, for my own understanding. But the coiled up form, that's what, that's what uh, it is called. That's the Kundalini. Uh, an idiot friend of mine told me that Kundali means uh, still in uh, in Hindi. It means uh, coil. So uh-huh. um, that's uh, that's the energy. I under, I read that that it, Kundalini is considered to be maybe a feminine energy uh, associated with the with the archetype of uh, of uh, goddess Shakti. And uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, iconography around it, um, and it has uh, it has in uh, Hindu religion or Hindu mysticism it it has that meaning of uh, of a certain um, power, feminine power maybe, but I don't see it that way. I see it as simply. Uh, Consciousness, individual unit of consciousness, and chakras that are um, like Kundalini itself is at the bottom of the spine in the sacrum area. That's where it's that's that's where there is that's where it's uh, resting. In our uh, daily life, Kundalini is resting at the bottom of the spine. When uh, I had my experience, I didn't know that the certain things that I did allowed for the energy to go up, to start going up, and I didn't know it was going up until I saw something that was very scary. It scared me so much that I wanted to run away, but I couldn't run away. (laughs) Because it was moving with me. It was a beautiful rope of rainbow light that was purely science fiction. It was, I knew it was real. And, and that, was the, the, that was why it scared me so much, because it was real. And I saw it coming it looked like it was coming out of me, and it was doing this wonderful dance 
I was watching it terrified and uh, so that's that's how I could tell that this is um, the Kundalini beginning of the Kundalini rising experience Um, chakras are considered to be um, energy centers energy vortexes and we know more and more about chakras in terms of uh, especially people who uh, practice yoga and uh, who are interested in um, spirituality um, that comes from India they know about chakras as energy centers and each of those energy centers is uh, connected with certain organs in the body is uh, identified by certain colors and uh, there are certain syllables attached to uh, each of the chakras and so on Um, from my own experience when my consciousness was moving up I could notice several different realms my consciousness was going through and I wrote it down just to make sure that I won't forget what what they were I never forgot any of that experience but I just wrote it down and sometime later I compared to what's known about chakras and um, the first Two uh, dimensions, uh, as I call chakras dimensions, and I'll explain that in a, in a moment. Um, the first two dimensions, or the first two chakras, we don't really we don't really know very well when that when that uh, experience is happening, unless Kundalini cannot get through. Uh, the second chakra, which is very common if anybody has that experience and experiences pain in the lower back, um, heat in, in, in the back, and uh, moments of stiffening of the body. These are often symptoms of kundalini rising that are physical, so they have to do with... Uh, with the physical body. And so they have to do with the first chakra and as I call it, the first dimension. So in my experience, chakras are opening us up to dimensions of perception. So you can say that instead of using the word chakra, you can use the word dimension and when your consciousness is moving up, it explores each of those dimensions until it's free to to leave through the top of our head. And then that energy circulates. Um, it, it looks like an image of a, the, I think it's called tor- torrent. The picture of uh, of energy circulating around 
that's when the um, the process of spiritual enlightenment is in the moment. So when all the chakras are open and a person can experience life on all of these dimensions of perception, on all the seven dimensions, is that an explanation that that makes sense? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, of course. It, it Yes, it yeah. does. And I think one of the most fascinating things about about your book, um, quite quite often, uh, without realizing um, we're doing something, we do something that 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 is amazing and takes us into um, levels and dimensions and and um, areas of wisdom that mm-hmm. we hadn't intended to go in and one right. of the things that i have that i have personally found is that um to be creative whether it's painting or writing or drawing or or gardening or what to to be immersed in a creative process for any length of time is one of the best fuels for spiritual development there is and exactly. quite often quite often people like you um are drawn to something that is of a creative nature and 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 there's no way of explaining why but yeah. you know from a very from a very early time frame you you were involved in art or dancing or you, you were always involved in something that was of yeah. of a creative process and yeah. And that, to my mind, in in my experience, um, that's what fed this transformational process that you went through. Without you intending, you know, you weren't saying, I'm going to be an artist so that my my kundalini energy will, you know, (laughs) burst through the top of my head and, and, you know, change my life forever. But but that's really what happened. And, And it's on some level of your consciousness, you had to know that this was important fuel for you because you gave up a tremendous amount in your life in order to become an artist. Yes, I decided to become an artist when I was 14. And I know that I had many other options. I had other possibilities and other directions I, I was very interested in. The first one was uh, was acting because both of my parents were actors, but my mother forbade me. I was not allowed to do to have anything to do with acting, and I was not allowed to study music. I was not allowed to sing. So it was strange, of course. But I wanted. I always wanted to please my mother. I, it was a difficult relationship, and I was still very young when I was fourteen when I decided that I'm going to be an artist and whatever it takes and whatever art form it will be, this is what I'm going to do. And for a time being, I thought also about being a sci- becoming a scientist, but I thought science is a little too rigid that I thought that ideas that uh, and the results 
of, uh, of artistic investigation can take us places that, that are much less predictable than uh, scientific research. So it just, to me, it had more freedom. There was more uh-huh. freedom in, in making that choice to, be, to, do, to do art. And I, I remember when I was 14, I, I just decided that this is what I was going to do. And um, I was hoping that the answers to my questions would, I would find in art. I, I believed in that somehow. Uh, somehow I believed in it. So this was my this was my um, drive, and I started doing painting uh, oil paintings when I was fourteen, and it only later I I uh, fell in love and had my daughter and and my base of. Uh, of being an artist was already there and I didn't want to let go. I wanted to stick with it. And one of the, one of the other reasons why I wanted to stick with it is because my uh, family life was broken. My, my parents divorced pretty much as soon as I was born or maybe a couple of years later. And I barely knew my father and uh, there was something there that made me um, something in that situation that made me uh, independent. I uh, at some point I, I even kind of rejected family in a way and, and just went my own way and was just doing my own thing without relaying on anybody or anything. And I think that's one, another reason why um, the experience that happened to me could happen was because I was on my own without, without anybody and anything. I kind of rejected the world in a way. Not in a very angry way, but in more like a philosophical way. I just wanted well, to find out on my own. Well, you know, the a spiritual journey is a solitary journey. And exactly. what I find fascinating, you know, when you when you when one looks at your life in many ways, um y- you were you were either isolated by people or by yourself, you you basically were not really um, influenced by groups or individuals at all. You 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 did your own thing in your own way, and and, and it, it and you did. I mean, you jokingly said starving artists, but I think you probably were starving from time <laughs> to time. Um, not that your artwork, you know, wasn't good because anybody who's listening on Blog Talk um, can see your artwork scrolling um, on the top of the show, and and you know your artwork is beautiful. And I, I think the other thing that that I find fascinating is that another tool that that is an almost must for anybody who's on the spiritual journey is the element of meditation, and without calling it meditation you blended with 
in the paintings. You went within them. You you went within. You there was a tremendous amount of meditation involved in your artwork without calling it meditation. Yes, exactly. I never called it meditation because I could not relate to the word meditation. I couldn't sit still for a minute. <laughs> I'm not someone who is <laughs> who is able to do that. <laughs> I could only sit when I was looking at my painting. And this is one of the I often mention in uh, the classes I teach is that we are all practicing subconsciously. We are doing things uh, that maybe defy rationality sometimes and are, and others, especially younger people, um, like want to do things that maybe they don't seem like, like the necessary or right or rational thing to do but we do them because something else is telling us to do them and it's that intuition it's that sixth sixth dimension sixth chakra which is telling us things faster than our mind which is the third chakra tells us which with then the life that we know as we know it as we know through uh, history and and uh, science and uh, our ancestors and our situation, the reality that we know, uh, understanding of it through the mind is not as quick as it is through intuition. We just don't. Uh, consciously uh, practice intuition. And so I also teach about that. I teach how to cultivate for chakras and how to train the lower one. I think that, that um, it, it's phenomenal the, the way that you have... Um, naturally flowed into all of these different aspects. I mean, people pay money to be taught this, you know, and and you are definitely self-taught. There's no doubt about it, but uh, it, it's almost as though, I want to say you had a calling, but, but I guess we all have callings, but mm-hmm. this, it almost feels, though, as though you were um, driven to Very. to find a to find a way to express yourself and and you you really um sacrificed a great deal in order to develop these aspects of yourself and never um you know never did it sound like you were doing the painting or doing the work or doing to evolve a spiritual part of yourself that's the cool thing you were not trying to make transcendence happen, but you were fueling it beautifully as you went along. Yeah, you've, uh, that's, that's, that's very right. And I think that's, the, that's uh, a, the truth about many uh, practices is that what's important is the practice itself, not the result. 
so say someone wants to achieve spiritual enlightenment and he just wants to get there, but it's not about that. Spiritual enlightenment is not going to happen just because someone wants it to happen. (laughs) It's going to happen (laughs) when the right, when the right, practice is done and that practice might not look like nothing like like spiritual enlightenment that practice is is often very uh repetitive could be uh it could look like like madness it could look like something really ridiculous i myself when i painted for so many years um I never did it because I wanted someone to like it. I was just searching. It was my own search. And at first I helped myself with uh, just just like many young people do, with, with being um, inspired by other artists. But that was just at the beginning. Then later... And you mentioned that I that I did go inwards, and I remember the first time when I consciously did that. When uh, after years of uh, painting in uh, in Western Europe, in Amsterdam, and in Paris, I found out that the postmodern uh, uh, style or postmodern Side guys, you can call it, was uh, too superficial for me. It was too much of uh, social criticism, and um, I just got tired of it, and I wanted to feel inside. I wanted to find out what's inside of me, and that first moment when I tried, I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> I didn't know how to go inwards. I was it was just such a such a question mark. He was like, How do you do that? how do you go inwards? And then I start I, I, I managed to and I started to paint in a completely different way. I had some series of abstract paintings and uh, that I did uh in Amsterdam. And then I uh then I got involved in the relationship and came to United States because my then uh, boyfriend was uh, was uh, uh, from here. So that's how my life changed then. And then I started to go a little bit into the same style of uh, postmodern uh, uh, art, because I ended up in Los Angeles, and it was a new world, and I tried to, I tried to understand it. And that's when uh, that epiphany happened that you said you experienced something similar. And I didn't know uh-huh. what, what it was, but I knew that I entered another dimension. Still didn't know well, what th- kind of dimension it was, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think what, what um, most people who are um, consciously or, or, or who think they are on a spiritual journey uh, don't understand the going within. I, you had the benefit of an art form to utilize as your pathway to go within yourself 
to find out things about yourself, to let go of things or to soothe things or to so so that the journey that cleared the way for you um you know you you, you had created for yourself un, with unknowingly uh That's the, right. the journey to, you know the journey to self-awareness and transcendence and and ascension or whatever you want to call it is knowing yourself and and Letting go of of things that you've been carrying, letting go of the baggage, letting go of the trivia, and and coming to know who the very naked you really is. And um, yeah, that's a very hard process. And and again, your artwork gave you the the channel through which to go, which which was phenomenal. You want to tell them a little bit about your first experience with with your um feet never touching the ground happened oh yeah 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 sure that was when I was 16 and for two years I was already painting in oil and uh, I was studying history of art and then one day I thought I really would like to know about history of philosophy when did it start Um, So I went to the library. It was a great library close to where I lived in Warsaw, in the center of Warsaw. And I asked the librarian about a book about the oldest accounts of philosophical thought. I really didn't know anything about it at that time. And I was given two humongous volumes of uh, Indian philosophy. And I started to look through the first volume, and the texts were from Vedas. It was all very new to me, and I couldn't really focus on reading the descriptions of what was actually taking place at that time, but I went straight to the verses, the poetry. On one uh, side of the page, there was uh, there was uh, a picture of ancient uh, Sanskrit text written, I don't know, on, on maybe a stone or, or something. It looked like an, a photograph, it were photographs of those old texts. And on the other side, there was a translation. So... I uh, started to read, I think I read in Polish at that time, although I already could speak English then, but I read it in Polish, and at some, I just, it just was, it was so easy to read, and at some point I read about what is Brahman, and that was the, the, all that is, that is not moving, but it moves it all, something like that. <laughs> that was more or less the description of what Brahman is. And then there was a, a, Atman, and Atman was described as an individual soul. And then another verse talked about 
the Atman at some point uniting with Brahman. It was the first time I ever read anything like that, but something happened to me. I just felt this incredible surge of joy, ecstatic joy, and energy inside of me was was explosive. I had to get up, and I was afraid I was going to start screaming in in the middle of the very, very quiet library. So I put the books away really quickly, and I ran out of the of the library room. Uh, it was on the second floor, I remember, and and there I was facing the staircase, and I just dove in and and barely held with my left hand the rail of the stair uh, of the stairs that that rail, and and I was just barely holding it. I was flying down so fast that within, I thought I found myself by the door, the exit door, um, within mere seconds. And at the same time, as I was flying down, I looked to the right on the wall, the right side of the staircase it was just a wall and I could see all the details of the painted wall the little bumps on on an even surface uh, old paint showing through little scratches all that was in slow motion I couldn't I couldn't believe it all I said to myself I just said Remember this, remember this, and bam! I was, I was just at the, the the bottom of the stairs and and opened the door and it was just a bright, bright day. Uh, I was flooded by sun and people were moving, walking fast, cars. It was a very busy day, midday I would think. It's more so was at that time probably, uh, I don't know, over a million people. It was, a, it was a very busy day. And there I was, completely disoriented, not knowing what to do. And I was just standing there. And then suddenly I noticed that I'm walking. I didn't even know. I, I couldn't feel it. I was hovering over the streets. My feet didn't feel the ground. I felt like a feather. I was so light. I was just moving in one direction. I saw I was moving towards the this intersection. And I was moving. I knew I couldn't stop moving. I knew I wasn't moving because... I decided to move. I was just moving. And I was getting closer and closer to the intersection, still flying, basically, scared because what if I don't stop? I had no power <laughs> to stop. I knew I'm going, this is going to be terrible. I'm, this, the light is red. 
suddenly my feet stopped right at the edge of the of the pavement. I just stopped gently, and I still couldn't feel the ground underneath my feet. I was just standing there, but I was standing in the air. And then the light went green, and I just floated across the street, across just just like that. I couldn't feel I couldn't feel the ground. I was just flying. I was so light. And then I was on the other side of the street. And suddenly I started to feel like I have weight. I landed. <laughs> My body suddenly got gravity again. And I had weight and it felt so clumsy. I regretted this moment of 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 feeling my weight again. It I just remember like today it was it was amazing. I suddenly felt all oh, clumsy. I just I just maybe my legs bent when when I suddenly had my weight back. And then within Within a minute, probably everything became just like it used to be before, just just normal. I looked around at the shop windows, and I just felt like I came back from a space trip. <laughs> and I knew there was no one, no one I could talk about it. Everybody I knew would think that I was completely nuts, and I didn't want to get into any conversation about that. I knew I wasn't. I knew that it happened. So two weeks later, I went to to the library again, curious what will happen now. And I got the same book, and I read the same thing, and nothing happened. (laughs) <laughs> and then I looked further I looked at some pictures And there were pictures of of Chakras All those old Old pictures uh, That you probably know uh, It's the little guy With dark hair And, and mustache and, and there he has all these things All these round circles Going along his body in the middle uh-huh. and I looked at it and I, I was 16 and I thought wow this is so funny this is so people so I knew that it was a, a picture from about thousand years BC and I thought wow so those times people didn't know that we have all the organs inside we don't have these little little rings and, and things <laughs> we have we have liver and heart and, and intestines <laughs> And they thought that we have all that. And I was laughing at it. I was a little silly kid. So this is a confusion. <laughs> that I remember this because I knew what I was thinking at that moment. Even though it was after that experience, I couldn't understand that experience. I didn't know what happened. And uh, and uh, it only it took uh, 25 years or something. 
I was 35 when I had my 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 experience in Los Angeles in 1992. So, so uh, only then I I realized what actually happened. I had uh, I had my Kundalini rise up to the to the third chakra, which uh, results in um, in this great feeling sense of 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 full understanding and and joy ecstasy of 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 being um of getting it that uh-huh. was that was what what was so incredible about that feeling it was was like yes i got it wow <laughs> and that's when well, and- that's when yeah is is this when you finally figured out what was happening? Um, uh, yes, this is because I never, I never uh, talked to anyone about that experience in the library. I never uh, thought about it really. I didn't know what to think about it. All I did um, is I put it in the memory box. You've read my book, so you know that from uh-huh. the earliest times when I didn't understand something, what the grown-up said, when something came up that I couldn't figure out, I just put it in that memory box. And, <laughs> and then when time came when I knew something more or I could explain it, then I would drag that question out from the memory box <laughs> and clear it up. <laughs> yeah, but but during the during the Kundalini rising, that's the incredible thing about about this process. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and you know, um, I mean, what you had was a profound experience, and I think it was even more intense because of all the creative work that you had done that that sort of opened the way for you. Um, not everybody has. I mean, most people look back on their childhood and there are times when it was like, it was good and not so good and, you know, or it was easy and not so easy. Um, you were, from a very early age, pursuing creative endeavors that, you, that, that followed you throughout your entire life. Not everybody has that opportunity. So that, right. you know, that when, you, when you were clearing your chakras with with the kundalini energy um there wasn't as much to clear as if you had not had the experience until you were older um i mean most people today who are on a spiritual journey really look at you know okay kundalini rising is something i want to experience but there's there's i think the thing that's so important for everybody to understand is this is not something that is taken lightheartedly it's a very Mm -hmm. serious pursuit uh kundalini rising energy can be even painful and and you you have to be ready to literally bear bear your soul and and, and, but but it's sort of like childbirth um i can only speak from personal experience it's painful as heck but at the end, you do have you have a miracle in your arms. Um, my miracle took seventy two hours. That's why I only have one child. Uh, but but 
yeah. it, it's something that that you know you get into, and then you think maybe this isn't such a good idea, but you're already into it, so you keep going. Um, striving to have this kind of enlightenment um, takes a great deal of commitment, and you certainly had it. You continue to have it, and uh, but it does clear the way for so much greater insight in life. Now, now, did all of this shift and change your artwork? Are you still doing your artwork? Oh, yes. I still do my artwork. Um, I, it, in the past, I was pressured to do it. And um, for many, many years, I counted, it was 17 years when uh, I was just, doing it and 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 uh, I I had uh, I had uh, successes with it and and I could observe a lot of uh, interesting phenomena as I was doing it um, too but it's started giving back to me, if you know what I mean. It started giving back after 17 years of a very, very intense pursuit of me trying to find find it, find something in it. I didn't know how it would look like. I didn't know what it would be. But that, but I just kept on doing it. Very often it was painful because I didn't, I wasn't getting any results, but I was still working uh-huh. on it. And this is the, this is the thing about practice. Um, we are in this life, you know, in this reality, we are taught to do things on purpose. We are taught to do everything on purpose. And this is what uh, our third chakra, the rational, linear um, mind, the logical thinking, wants us to do. This is the mind that strategizes, that uh, plans, that uh, organizes. This is the mind that takes care of our physical and emotional realities but this is not the mind that can comprehend the other dimensions because there is a hierarchy in dimensions so maybe I should explain what each dimension is in my view because as we know uh, the general understanding of dimensions is that there is length, width, and depth, and then time is considered to be the dimension, right? Well, this is not right. how I, this is not how I, uh, how I uh, see it, and all of that is an ex- it's from my experience. Um, there is there is so much that I got from the experience that. I was like, this book, Transcendence Calling, is about just uh, a couple of, couple of uh, 
angles on, on the experience. And one of them is understanding that our consciousness is multidimensional, that all there is is consciousness. There is nothing but consciousness. And consciousness is everywhere in everything. There is nothing that has no consciousness. Make have it uh, a piece of rock, dog poop, <laughs> air, <laughs> gas, anything. It's all consciousness. Okay, and, that's a good uh, idea. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, no. So, yeah. I, I uh-huh. definitely. Yeah. Go go into the different dimensions because I think that's I will. that's a good idea. Yes, yes, yes. I will. So, uh, as humans, we perceive uh, our lives through chakras, which opens open us up to the dimension to the dimensions of perception. What you call spirit or consciousness or individual unit of consciousness, kundalini, creates, first it creates the subtle body and lodges itself in the material place, in the, in the sacrum area, and that's the material world. First dimension, in my view, is the whole, all of the material world that includes our bodies, includes, includes cosmos, includes everything that we can see or find under microscope, everything that science is able to, to find that's not necessarily visible, but that's all the, 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 first, that's the first dimension. And the length, the width, and the depth, these are sub-dimensions off material dimension. So that's the first one. We can experience it through seeing, touching, smelling, hearing. We um, feel cold or, or hot, bodily functions. This is all experience of the uh, first dimension. Sexual, sex is also uh, in part um, experienced through the first dimension and in other parts through through the second dimension which is feelings, emotions rather than feelings. Feelings I call mixture of the third and the second dimension, but just get to it in a moment. So the second okay. dimension is emotional. This is all emotions. That range of emotions that we have from feeling the worst possible to the best possible. We are experiencing, it's just a dimension of perception. It is different than the physical dimension, that the material world. Someone who is feeling sad can look at the beautiful sunset and not see its beauty because their emotional state is such that prohibits them to see what really is. And so it uh-huh. is. Each of these dimensions is operates on a different principle. Now, from the material dimension, we can't see anything above it. But from the emotional, we can see 
itself we know feel bad or good or so so or great like it or not like it that's basically what the emotional dimension is it's we like it or we don't like it um <laughs> Yeah, it's, I try to make it as simple as possible. From there, we can already see that, well, that water was too cold. I don't like it. So we know we relate to the material dimension, react to it emotionally. Mm-hmm. Now, the third one above it is um, the mental dimension and the the power of the will and the power of the thought. So that dimension of the chakra, that solar plexus chakra, located in the area of our stomach area, um, somewhere in by the spine, supposedly. I haven't seen it myself, but... Um, that dimension is all about figuring things out, what to do, how to live, where to go, what to have for dinner, what school to go to, what bus to take or what car to buy, where to go on vacation, uh, what to do what to do to get this, what to do to get that. It's a goal-oriented mind based on will and uh, strategy how to realize that desire of the will. It's connected with emotions, of course, because it reacts to our emotions. If we don't want to, don't want to do something, it's dark, and we are afraid of dark, of course we're not going to be walking on the beach in darkness because we don't like darkness. Something like that. It's a very simple mechanism of uh, relating to the physical, to the material world, and the emotional world. That's the third chakra. You can't see above from it, but you can translate some things like, for example love, we can assume that it has something to do with a relationship. But then again, it's not completely resolved as a, as a question. There are so many questions that the mind, the, the, this, this reasoning mind is not able to answer. And each of us has a different opinion. And each of us sees the world depending on what our conditioning is. And the time, a sub-dimension of the third dimension. In order for us to be able to think, we have to have time. In order to make decisions and realize some of our plans and have activities and see things, progress or or regress or things changing and understanding, we need to have time. So time is also a concept that becomes clear. It is a concept only when your consciousness reaches the sixth dimension, the sixth chakra. So 
at the time when we are normally daily functioning in this reality that we know as physical, emotional, and mental predominantly, uh, we have we have to rely on what we got, and it's very there are variables of what we of what we personally get. That's why there is so much misunderstanding. There, that's why we have so many conflicts because of the viewpoint. That viewpoint is still the viewpoint of the limited vision of the first three dimensions. We are uh, functioning in this re- in this reality uh, predominantly with the first three dimensions: the material, the emotional, and mental, and other. The upper dimensions we see as glimpses and we try to translate them, understand them, and everyone has a little bit different take on it. So basically, our state of uh, evolution right now on the planet is still within the ego. Ego is dominance of the first three dimensions. And each of us has that dominance a little different, and some of us have the upper chakras open. So we are not so constrained by our egos, but basically ego is something that, that gives us personality. It, that, gives us, that gives us the ability to, to function in this, in this reality. But it's not all. It's not, it's not a complete being. Above the third dimension is the force. And this is where our humanity has been, our human race has been touching upon that dimension over and over for thousands of years. Great spiritual teachers like, of course, Jesus Christ, like Buddha, they knew about that love. And other spiritual teachers also know and knew and know about that love. That love is real. It's a dimension. The sacred love is a dimension that's above the first three. This is where the heart chakra is. Some of us have it open. Some of us have it closed. And this is what it is with the third, with the upper chakras. The first three, we, we have it we have them congested with a lot of energy most of the time because we don't practice consciously, only subconsciously are some of us who are on the spiritual path are practicing more consciously to release the charge from the second and third chakra mostly, which is where the problems are because we can't see our individual unit of consciousness sitting asleep, slumbering comfortably in the, in the sacrum area, that poor consciousness can't see beyond, can't see beyond the emotions that have been compiling in our, in our life for, for as long as we live. All these emotions are still there. And the thoughts in the third chakra, they're, they're all there. 
is what we think because of that, because of what happened in the past, because of what we were taught, because of our upbringing, because of our schooling, because of what happened to us that creates our personality. And it's all there. All these thoughts are there. And I'm saying that because during my experience, I was able to release all of my thoughts. From the time I started thinking, all of them were resolved. They came up to the present time. And, of course, we know about present time from our modern masters, uh, the power of now and, and be now, be in the present, and, and uh, the, everything else will be not important. Well, we also know how hard it is to, to not to be bothered by our thoughts that are there, still there, yeah. even if we try to be in present, our uh, structures of mental structures that we are that we are married to, we just can't change our minds easily. We can't, you know, from Republican to to Democrat, it's not just like one thing <laughs> or the other way around. I'm not I'm nothing political here, but I'm saying if we talk one side, they'll be 100% sure of their right, and so it is with the other side, 100% sure. This is the ego. This is where our thoughts are stuck in the third chakra. And the fourth one is, yes, what teachers are talking about. They're talking about love. And it's true that if we have the second and the third chakra cleared up from the emotions and from the thoughts, from that congestion. And physical body, physical body, as long as we are healthy, it's okay. And it doesn't have to be really extreme health and extreme power. It's just healthy body, that's it. It's, It's good enough. Kundalini is happy there. No problem. It's the second and third chakra that are that give us the problem of of uh, releasing the allowing the Kundalini to go up because Kundalini always wants to go up. It always wants to, but well, it creates the body. <laughs> it creates the subtle body, and then it gets stuck in there in the in that in that area, and. Our magical power uh, it's hard to release it. It's hard to get it up through the chakras. Let's talk about the force a little more. The dimensions they're always there. Whether we are alive or dead, the dimensions are there. The first the material, the second the emotional. They're always there. We just tap into a certain kind of emotion. The third one, the mental structures and thinking, it's always there. That vibration is there all the time. And the same with love. Love is there all the time. And everyone, everyone, and everything is loved all the time. Everything is loved, and 
loved madly, just like we always wanted to be loved, like we always dreamt of but couldn't even imagine it possible, we maybe associate our love with our partner, and it's a loving, beautiful relationship, only a reflection of the sacred love that's always there. And that presence, that I call presence, you can call it God, you can call it any kind of special power, spirit, that love loves us completely and also knows everything about us. So if we try to hide something, there is no way we can hide something from love, from that part of our consciousness or that dimension of consciousness knows about every single tear we shed, every little problem. We, it's all known. So this is, this is the heart. It, it has, it, it, to the heart, uh, other concepts besides love belong to that beautiful, eternal dimension. That dimension has no time. It's always there. It's eternal. It operates differently than the, the, the three dimensions below. It's always there, and we can tap into it, and we can practice opening the heart chakra by working on all these concepts that belong to, to, to that dimension, which is truth, health, of course, love, tenderness, uh, uh, justice, um, support, friendship. Um, you know, you can goodness. Um, there are so many words that belong to to this to this realm of uh, that vibration of love. So, for us humans, right now, we're just we're just have been since I remember in the hippie times. We were talking about love a lot, and uh, now it seems like even more we are longing for being there. And it's not so hard to tap into it and be uh, with that vibration and be out of the ego uh, ego uh, structure that keeps us um, doubting and and uncertain and suspicious <laughs> and all that because that's how the mind is. Mind has to go that way, but love is different. So Well you're talking you're talking unconditional love here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's absolutely unconditional. It's love for everything. It's love just just the Love that that we can practice and we can and practicing it and experiencing it through giving it and through uh, and through uh, contemplating those concepts and using those concepts in life protection and and benevolence and uh, um, shelter and 
many, many different words. Uh, I have a couple of pages of those words. <laughs> well, you're talking, you know, you're talking getting to a place where, where there is selflessness, unconditional love. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking a place where very few master masters have actually gotten. I mean, a, a magnificent place to go. But being able yeah, to maintain is- that that level in in today's society is difficult, not impossible, oh, but yes. difficult. It, it is very difficult because we don't know what I'm. What I have in 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 that book is showing that these are dimensions that are always there. So love is always there. You have to choose to go there. Uh-huh. And it's not so and, and it's very hard to choose to go there if we don't practice on the lower chakras, if we don't train our emotional control. And I uh, I teach it just like just like it was during my experience, and I as I practiced for years subconsciously, without knowing that I'm actually uh, controlling my emotions. So I was suffering terribly because I was not able to be with my daughter, and you know the story because you read my book, so you know I was simply simply separated from my daughter Uh and felt really bad about it and felt guilty about it, even though thinking it over and over and over made me understand that, that actually everything I did, I did for the best of, of the situation that, that was at that time. And, and I did for her best too. I, I just hurt myself, and uh, I thought that this was I, what I did was I thought that was the right thing to do at the time, but I still felt terrible about it, and it was a pain that I couldn't I couldn't get get rid of it for years, and I was practicing something that eventually during my experience, just at the very beginning. I finally could see through it because I was practicing it very, very, very consciously without having the out, uh, outlet of creating art at the time. I was just trying to stop myself from from feeling that hatred I felt towards, towards myself and that violent urge to end my life. So I could see exactly how I was able to step out from that emotion, what process I used, and how I was able to find myself in that space of emptiness, which is what spiritual masters have been teaching, but no one yet has told where in the process of uh, Kundalini rising, reaching towards spiritual enlightenment, where in that process that technique, that practice takes place. It takes place already in the second chakra. This is in emotional chakra. 
And before I go over to the fifth, sixth, and seventh, I want to say something else that I uh, understood because of my experience. I understood that as we know, spirit itself, that individual unit of consciousness, that that soul, our soul, um, has no form. There is no attributes to it. It it has it, it, it. You can't call it anything. It's just certain kind of energy. But once that consciousness creates subtle body with all of the chakras and lodges itself in the in the first chakra in the physical body. That moment of creation of of a new body makes our consciousness become survival because we want to protect what we've created naturally. So we have survival instinct. The second attribute of our individual unit of consciousness is sexuality. We are sexual just because we want to procreate and keep growing, keep being here. It's it's a matter of um, it's kind of it's kind of understood. That's the con- that's that's the consciousness. Consciousness is is. All of the dimensions, but in in person in on a personal level, each of us is naturally survival, sexual, and the third element is creative. So spirit is creative once it is in the body. It becomes creative. And of course the in the first in the lower chakras, in the physical, emotional, and mental, uh, the survival, sexuality are more pronounced, and then the upper chakras um, support more of uh, creativity. Um, it is, I'm saying that because understanding, the, the, the common understanding of chakras is that second chakra is uh, sexual and creative and emotional but that makes things very complicated and it's not it, it's not wor- it's not workable uh, um, it, it just doesn't work I just couldn't see it work that way to me the second chakra is strictly emotional and the spirit itself the consciousness itself is survival, sexual, and creative. So from the fourth dimension that was, that's love, where we learn that love is there all the time, that each of us is loved, that it's not true, that we are lonely without love, that no one loves us. No, we are loved all the time. Just need to tap into that dimension. Then there is the fifth one. This is this amazing, amazing, amazing dimension 
of sound and connection, communication, exchange of energy, communication to with others, other human beings, relationships, and um, conscious relationships in terms of uh, being already above the fourth chakra that is from the fifth one you can see down through all fourths. If, if the channel is open, the trishumna is open, the energy can go through to the fifth chakra. Um, we are psychic. I became really psychic after the experience. I was off and on before. And after it was just amazing, I could I could tell what everybody was thinking. <laughs> it was it was a little crazy that way. But this is the fifth the fifth dimension. It's it's all Akashic records are there. Everything is known. Whatever happened before, what's happening now and what will happen in the future. All that is known. In Akashic records, it's all there. And and psychic powers is all communication with exchange of energy. Uh, we're getting a healing through it, of course, with love, because this is the thing. Uh, proper communication is with love, already with the fourth chakra taken under consideration, not just the first three, but also the fourth one. Normally, if someone is psychic, that doesn't mean that that person has the fourth chakra open or, or third or second. It doesn't mean that. Usually our second and third are congested very much. And the, the fourth one, yeah, it could, be, it could be developed. It could be not that well developed. But everyone who is a, a psychic uh, healer, uh, psychic a person who does readings we usually do it with heart right we usually do it with with love and that's the uh-huh. right way of doing it so um all the world of meeting other beings in another galaxies and other times channeling um seeing through what's going on and hearing um uh, this is all the fifth dimension. I happen to have ascended masters come to me before I knew who they were, come to me when my consciousness was moving through and and moving through the fifth dimension. So it depends. Some of us channel uh, spirits, um, guides. Um, you know yourself there are so many ways of doing it and there are so many people who are uh, just able to feel energy and uh, and tell what that energy means so that's that's the sense of the of the fifth dimension uh, performing arts music um, part of performing arts, not all of it, some of it belongs to the sixth chakra as well, but mainly 
beautiful sounds and sound healing. That's all the fifth dimension. Travel, out-of-body experiences is usually what people experience when they, when their consciousness either reaches the fifth dimension or that chakra opens up because of some kind of situation. It suddenly opens up and, and they're able to, to have out-of-body experiences. So that's that incredible, magical world of the fifth dimension. And the sixth one is visual, vision and intuition. And during my experience, I could tell that that dimension has many layers. And incredibly important things happen during uh, the passage of our consciousness through, through that dimension. This is the third eye, the chakra, the, the sixth chakra of vision and intuition. Some of us have the sixth chakra open. We see visions and we intuitively interpret them. And visionaries are there, of course. And that's the first thing that happens when our consciousness reaches the sixth chakra. That intuitive understanding is something that has to do with seeing. So, for example, visual arts happen... When, when, when we paint, when we draw, the way we do it, it's much, the amount of understanding and, and um, comprehension uh, that goes into the process of painting is so much faster than our mind can, can our, logical, <laughs> our logical third chakra mind can can follow intuition is fast it happens when you ask question you get answered before the question is finished uh-huh. it's instant it's because it does not have time either the fifth chakra does not have time either it does it, they're, they're all eternal dimensions um so visual arts, visual understanding, understanding of symbols, sacred symbols, uh, sacred geometry, and all kinds of concepts. This is where we're getting towards uh, the, the moment when, uh, when our uh, self-inquiry, which is um, asking questions and receiving answers, to put it simply, uh, isn't operating in, in full force. This is when, when uh, we start to comprehend creation. And this is what my experience was uh, when, uh, when I had that epiphany uh, four years before I had my Kundalini rising experience when I saw into another dimension. 
and and uh, it is known the Merkaba, the two tetrahedrons, um, uh-huh. one on top of another. This supposedly looking into a Merkaba, you're you you're supposed to be able to see into other dimensions. And this is what happened to me without knowing anything about Merkaba or tetrahedrons or or that fact that, that that's a possibility. I simply had some angles there in my drawing <laughs> that allowed me allowed me for that for that to happen. And and it happened with full with full uh, in full consciousness. I was fully aware of it. That's the sixth chakra, understanding through vision. And then also understanding through concepts and structures that are psychic structures like astrology, psychic sciences I call them, astrology, Uh numerology, tarot cards, any form of divination. It's not anymore a process that we do together uh, when we receive energy from some somewhere and we exchange that energy it's not uh, kind of happening uh happening with uh with others this is already uh, very clearly um time when when we are doing it on our own it's our own investigation that's why uh, it's called self-inquiry at that, in that comprehend the vision in the process of Kundalini rising. Once we comprehend the vision through our intuition and we get, because it's different than with normal, with our third mind, with third uh, chakra mind, that mind always doubts. That mind uh, says maybe. That mind is, always needs to needs to have all these proofs and and this and that and and it's still going to be skeptical and uh, it depends on beliefs and depends on circumstances and all that what that mind is going to figure out but the intuition is certain there is no doubt in there i didn't i don't think it was a yellow figure that i saw no, it was for sure blue, right? There is no mm-hmm. doubt. There is no doubt what we see. There is no doubt in the vision, and there is no doubt if the answer comes. It's not maybe. It's never maybe. It's always certain certainty. And then, uh, if that comprehension of vision is done and we intuitively understand but not only intuitively because our mind is present our regular mind is present in that investigation all the time i'm talking about the process of of kundalini rising at certain point we realize that that we are that our lives are already created in another dimension, in that sixth dimension, that's where not only concepts are born, not only psychic uh, sciences and and uh, and other other sciences and archetypes. It's also where our life is being uh, coded. 
And all that we're living through in this daily reality we experience, it's actually, it's already happened. It's already been designed in a dimension that has no time. So just one of the, one of the things that's really incredible about it is that we just worry so much about what will happen, but there is not, not that much need to worry because it's happened already anyway. And everything we think we were supposed to think, everything we, we've experienced, we were supposed to experience that. So um, the only thing that we need to do is to practice so we can, so, so we can uh, get through those experiences with uh, love, and with understanding that our soul created us. And this is another thing that's really important that happens in the sixth dimension. Let me have a sip of water. <laughs> yeah, I have to apologize. If, if anybody hears kind of rumbling going on, one of my cats is so attracted to your voice that he's just sitting here purring into my microphone. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's going like, he's never done this before, but he will not leave. So, um, I think one of the the, um, most interesting things that that you're, what you're talking about, um, people can observe when a piece of art or, and, and it doesn't have to be a painting. It can be a piece of music or it can be a piece of jewelry or it can be a garden or whatever. But you can tell the difference between an artist and a technician. Mm. A technician yeah. can create something that is very pretty. An artist puts their spirit into it. And when right. the spirit is there, it has the element of magic. And I, I yeah. think in, in many ways I have found when, when even going through museums and looking at artwork, you can tell who was a technician and who was an artist, who, who put spirit into what they were doing. And um, music the same way. You can listen to yeah. a piece of music that is technic- well, you First of all, you can listen to a piece of music that's been created magically, um, yeah. And to me, magic, magic is using spirit. But, but also, whoever is performing it is either a technician yeah. or an artist. And, yeah. and I think that there's a difference here between are you going to work with spirit or are you going to work with ego? Right, right. Very, yeah, exactly. This is what I'm talking about, that um, we are, uh, for the most part, unfortunately, closed up in that ego structure of the first three dimensions. But for artists, the upper chakras often are open. It doesn't mean uh-huh. that the lower ones are, are clear and not congested. That's not you know necessarily the case, of course. But the upper chakras, if they're open, music and uh, Either a, a, a sound or vision, 
that's the fifth and the sixth chakra. And everything starting from the fourth chakra, starting from the fourth dimension, fourth dimension, fourth dimension uh, introduces us to the sacredness. This is where from that moment on, everything above is sacred. So everything is, um, that's why we can feel spirit in, in art. That's uh-huh. why it's there, because if um, because it 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 just opens up our upper chakras, and those chakras are already they're all they're all sacred. Everything is spiritual, <laughs> everything is consciousness. But on the first three di- three levels, on the material, emotional, and mental, we don't necessarily feel it. If we have the uh-huh. upper chakras open. Uh, then uh, we know that there is sacredness to life and that uh, there is magic, as you said, absolutely. In the first dimension, uh, already, you know, already receiving the grace, which is being uh, realizing that love is there all the time and that each of us is love, that's already a sacred connection. And then... Um, and then uh, all the magic of of healing, of performing, the magic of performance, the magic of music, and then the magic of understanding of sacred symbols, sacred geometry, astrology, numerology, and then we have also the archetypes. And in that sixth dimension, they're also gods, deities. That's where it's at. Uh-huh. And religions as well. Religions are conceived in the sixth dimension. It's that incredibly creative. I mean, they both are, uh, the fifth and the, and the sixth. But the sixth one, it's more an exchange of energy. The fifth one is more the exchange of energy. And the sixth one is the vision that we interpret already on our own. This is our own journey. And um, and this is the journey that when we already clear mind, the third chakra is cleared, there is no emotional problems. Our personal life is resolved by the time we get to the, to the sixth chakra if our consciousness is able to break through all of the chakras below. Is is it also, when you come to the fourth chakra, is that where the element of surrender is to spirit? Surrender is... Yeah? You know, the first three, our ego, you know, has something to do with stuff. But you get to the fourth dimension and you surrender to spirit and you allow spirit to guide you as opposed exactly. to you controlling it. <clears throat> the the, the uh, magic of the um, um, consciousness moving through the third chakra involves certain, certain steps. And um, <clears throat> the mind uh, is just... 
no matter what kind of mind it is, a bright mind or not very bright mind, it doesn't matter. As long as it's a mature mind and trained enough that it can focus, the mind can focus on on um, one thought. The mind that can focus on one thought is a, is a good mind. <laughs> it's very hard to do, but the mind that uh-huh. can do that is the mind that is able to uh, uh, experience transcendence. And the thing is that in our lives, the way the surrender happens, it has to do with surrendering the mind. Once the mind is surrendered, then then uh, the movement, the condition in the third chakra stops, and Kundalini goes naturally. Our consciousness naturally reaches heart. See, the surrender is the surrender of the ego, the surrender of the mm-hmm. mind. It's extremely hard to do. It's it's oh, yeah. just it just it, it's so hard to do because our mind constantly wants to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know the destiny pathway that we have for each lifetime um, is determined before we enter into the lifetime. Well, so yeah, our soul has we're, created we're, it already. Right. Yeah. So that so that there is a blueprint at play even though it isn't what our intellect thinks would be the appropriate or best or whatever. And in your case, you were able to just flow with where it carried you. Uh, so, many, so many people are so controlled by society, by, by parents, by um, uh, the culture, by dogma and religion, that, that they have to fight to get back to their individuality and yeah. um so if that, we understand so yeah please go yeah oh oh no go ahead well i was just agreeing with you completely um i i was just saying that uh, it's helpful to know that uh, everything that happens around us and our life story and all of that it's all inside of us so we have created it all. Our soul has created that. It's only uh, clear at the time when we are in the sixth chakra. So let me just finish about the sixth chakra, what it brings uh, to um, um, what uh, when consciousness goes through the sixth chakra, um, we are at some point realizing that uh, time is a concept as well that was created, and and our life is already just like you said, designed. It's already created. We already, it's already known. We were chasing our shadows basically all our life and trying to get things done and rushing and and get frustrated when we don't get things done and so on. But uh-huh. that's just the, that's just the first three dimensions. All the upper ones have no time, and the truth is that our life is already there, and de- already there, designed, so there is no reason to, to worry too much about it. And um, the next level of uh, the, 
the process of Kundalini going through the sixth chakra is uh, after realizing that we are uh, designed, coded, conceptualized. Each life is already created for us. <laughs> it's done. It was for me uh, kind of, um, I was a little disappointed to find that out that we we're farmed on the grid and it was. By then, I didn't know yet what's hap- going to happen next, of course. But the next thing that happens after you realize that your life is designed and the time is concept and and all that is not such a big deal because at this moment, your soul self realizes. This is it's a very, very... Uh, important <laughs> extremely important this is, it's so important it's like it's like life death and and, and self-realization self-realization is more important than life and death so your soul self-realizes as we we realize that we are in, in uh, uh, eternal eternal and we have created our own life uh-huh. So you, me, everyone has created our own life. And once that moment happens, uh, you have a choice. You can, you, you can do anything you want. You're free from all that material world and your life story and your uh, life, lifetimes. And, and you, you, you're free. From all of that, and you still feel, you know, you still have energy. So self-inquiry still happens at that moment when soul exists in its own self-realization. It's self-realized, and it can become anything it wants. It can become a god if it wants to. For me personally, that wasn't that, wasn't that interesting to me. <laughs> well, but but yeah. but when you get to that point, um, becoming a god is silly because you're already a god. So it's you know what what you think on an intellectual level um, no longer is important because there is a spiritual level that that yeah of course it. beyond of course. it. Of course, we beyond because. And it's not so easy to understand all these dimensions because uh, we are translating it through the third chakra, through the mind, and, and everyone can understand it a little differently depending what uh, what they under what their understanding is already. And that dimension of the of the sixth chakra that that's where the creation takes place. Um, that's where things manifest from conceptual uh, to to eventually to material, and and that's where all these concepts are uh, in that in that sixth dimension. And we can we can uh, you see if our consciousness doesn't go through the seventh chakra. It doesn't go out of our body. We just opening of the sixth chakra 
without Kundalini rising or with Kundalini rising and the sex cha and uh, our consciousness for some time staying in the sex chakra and then going back down, that can leave us being uh, some religious fanatics, start a new religion, because the gods are there, very real. Archetypes, gods are archetypes, uh-huh. like everything is archetypes, these are all archetypes. Reality is, 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 a, is, is an illusion, and it's there so we can, so we can go get through it. <laughs> and and um, in the sixth chakra, all that comes to this conclusive uh, um, stance where where we understand that that these are all concepts and time is included. But all outside, beyond all that, there is our incredible soul that lived through all those eons of lifetimes. And it creates, it creates, it creates, it creates all the time. Each of our souls is so creative. It creates life. It creates our life. But uh-huh. I was wondering, you know, I, you know, I know you read my book, so that was when I asked that question about the soul. That was the last question I could ask. I asked. Where does the soul get its energy from, right? Because right. there it is, and it exists, and it exists. The only thing that soul says, it says, I am. I know that, that in, you can read about this, this I am in many sources, and God is supposed to say that, and and. I don't know who else was supposed to say that, but this is the moment of self-realization of the soul. And the soul uh-huh. says, I am. That the consciousness, an individual unit of consciousness that each of us is, unmistakable identity with, with the soul that we are, that comprehends so much more than in our lives, we are able to learn from books or school or anything. That soul has created all that that we're going uh-huh. through. And as as you know, I asked that question: Where does soul get its energy? And I don't know. Should I say the answer, or should I sure. leave it a secret? I say the answer. No. Huh? Say the answer. Okay. <laughs> so I asked, where does the soul get its inspiration? Get sorry, I, I blew it. <laughs> get its get its energy from, and the answer came right away: inspiration. Yes. So you see, in the in in this that moment was the last question I could ask, and. And my consciousness shot out into a blinding light. And there was no more questions but full consciousness of being the creator and being united with the creator. 
Uh-huh. It's not a describable state, but one thing, as I already said, is that self-inquiry leads to spiritual enlightenment. <clears throat> and uh, the moment of being uh, united with all there is, is it's way beyond any knowledge. You can't ask any questions. You can't have any thoughts. The thoughts are not important and needed anymore. Nothing is needed because you are in present time creating in bliss. So there is not that much about the seventh chakra at the moment of passing through the consciousness moving through it. But the seventh chakra is all about, it's another mind. I call it pure intellect. I call the third chakra mind, or goal-oriented mind, that we use daily that's necessary to, to, for us to function in, in the physical reality. Uh, but there is this other mind, the philosophical mind, uh, the seventh chakra that so many spiritual teachers have have had and have opened and are able to uh, make others take notice of a philosophical thought, of all these uh, thoughts that come from pure witnessing, observing, not for a goal. There is no goal in there. Just observing actively and discerning. Well, it's sort of it's sort of a cosmic consciousness. I wouldn't call it a mind, but I would call it consciousness, a, a cosmic consciousness that that uh, it's a source of all creation. Right, yeah, so that's that's the, uh, uh, in our individual, in, on, on the individual journey, uh, that, that seventh chakra can open up if we do practice cultivating the seventh chakra. Uh-huh. And that cultivation is through um, witnessing, observing, and discerning without trying to, Use it for something, and and it's a it's a mind that detached from uh, uh, issues that that need to be resolved on the on the third chakra level. It's it's just it's a contemplation. So we are not taught that in school, and we are taught to be do things on purpose and make money and get this done and get that done and have ambition to. To go, get here and be better than that one and this one and and not to be a failure and then you know all that stuff. <laughs> but it's it's the mind. I call it uh, pure intellect. This is what I pick because it is not so. It's not um, a function that uh, that's devoid of uh, conclusive uh, um, process. There is a process in there, and it's still uh-huh. individual at that point before 
at the point when we when we are able to drop the ego and uh, and leave the the uh, be released from from our issues in life emotionally and mentally that's already uh, that's already a state of freedom know and, and knowledge that the mind can figure everything out and is a great very well functioning computer without impediments you know as, because if it's all clear the, the second yeah. and third chakra are, are clear there is, there's no problems that make us stuck right but right. uh it's a different the seventh chakra is uh, is uh still on the individual level not by the ego itself, not by the first three dimensions, but the whole, all of the being, including the okay. mind and including intuition, including uh, connection with others, including the, 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 the great love that we feel, uh-huh. that we get and give. These, yeah. All these processes take place, but the seventh chakra is the one that comprehends it all. Yes. Now, I, got, I have to stop you because we're down to the last minute. Um, oh, really? Already? Okay. You've given, you've <laughs> given us such an amazing amount of information. Um, you guys Thank can you. find Monique at MoniqueRebel.com. Her book um, is on Amazon, uh, Transcendence Calling, The Power of Kundalini Rising and Spiritual Enlightenment. And you guys should get it because there are directions in there. She 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 went through real fast, so much of the book. But but if you read it and go through it step by step, you're going to find that there is enlightenment. And for some lucky members out there, the transcendence that everybody is seeking. Uh, Monique, thank you so much for for being here and and for sharing so much of your information with us tonight. Oh, thank you so. Yeah, I'm so grateful to be able to just go off and, <laughs> and tell you all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, my, my website, uh, my website, com. there is more information, and I'm writing a new book about dimensions, about partic- in going in-depth into every dimension. Hopefully it will be uh, published still this year. We'll see. Well, it's we'll going have to, to be- check it out. We'll have to check when it is published. Let me know. I'll read another book and we'll get you back on. Thanks so much again. Good night now. Thank you so much, Barbara. Good night. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Check us out on YouTube. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Have a wonderful evening and uh, we will see you. Well, we'll listen to you. We'll hear from you next week. Thanks a lot and good night.